Welcome to Cheap Wine and Good Food, the podcast where we try to find reasonable wine deals and talk about good food, among other random subjects. If you enjoy this podcast today, please take a minute to subscribe to us or leave a review in iTunes. Leaving a review will help other people find our podcast more easily and join in the fun. And if you want to find our recipes or our running list of the wine that we drink and review, you can find that at our website, www.cheapwinegoodfood.com. And feel free to also check out our Instagram, Cheap Wine and Good Food. Feel free to let us know any good wine deals that you find or reach out with any tips or questions you might have. Thank you so much again for listening and happy wine drinking. Welcome to Cheap Wine and Good Food. I'm trying to find the microphone. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, from that, you should should have gathered maybe that's Michelle Bird. Hi, Michelle Bird. Hello. And Israel Palencia is here. Hola. Oh, God. <laughs> Gotta be extra with the Spanish, Israel. See. Si. <laughs> so, uh, we've had another night of wine guilt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another night hanging out with their buddies. We found out Ernie's nickname is Baby Ernie. Baby Ernie. Yeah, and we welcome you and uh, wish you good wine drinking wherever you are. Oh, and it's the Christmas season, the holiday season. Lately, we've been talking a lot about the holidays. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to miss the holidays right now with the, the parties and the festivities and all the ugly Christmas sweaters. and. Uh, oh, we don't do ugly Christmas sweaters here. What do we do? I really am a fan of not looking ugly on purpose. What about all the pajama bottoms? That was other people who came up with that idea. One year, yeah, everybody just showed up in pajamas and I didn't get the memo. Or, let's be honest, I just forgot the memo. But yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't get into this ugly stuff on purpose. I think it's cute when you're 22 and hot. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> but when you're in your 40s and you're trying to work the best that God gave you, you don't need any help in the ugly department, I think. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah, That yeah. makes sense. It takes more and more energy just to look presentable. So let's talk about our wine. What are we drinking <laughs> tonight, family? Sangiovese. Oh, uh, yeah. Good old Sangiovese. I think it's on the on the top ten list. Yeah. yeah. It Very is good. Really, it is. This is your first time drinking it. This is a staple Very that good. we have in this house yeah. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Toscana. It's uh, from Carpazzo. And the one we're drinking is 2018, but I would say that we stumbled onto this wine maybe five or six years ago. And we... Where did you have it? We had it up night? in Alexandria. We were at Lindemann Brothers and Lindini Brothers, an Italian restaurant. Of course, my family took up the entire back room of that restaurant. Good food. Uh, let me get into Northern Virginia and the D.C. Mm-hmm. area. You really begin to eat really well. I think this was just one of the wines that they happened to have, and we loved it as a family. We liked it so much that, excuse me, cousin Nicole and I tracked it down at a New Jersey dealer, and then we lied to Israel. I was like, hey, Israel, I found uh, I found that bottle of wine we really liked. It's only seven eighty eight a bottle. And then he's like, great. And then he paused for like two minutes. He's like, how many bottles? And I was like, 12. <laughs> and then Nicole and I split it, I think. But now our wine shop carries it, so that's it's yeah. it's something that we always keep around. It's it's really it's I good think good price point, isn't it? It's like I think eleven ninety nine for us. What the best part is, it's a screw top. You don't have to put a lot of effort into drinking it. But the Italians were about you know you could be in the middle of nowhere, you need to open it up. Yeah. What is the okay? So 
the cork and the screw top. I know like screw top is, seems to be more nowadays. I mean, is there a big difference in the taste and the I would think all that? the screw top is probably for more of a buying a 2018 or a 17 or 16 drink, and like, you got to drink. And I think the, sooner, yeah, but. and I think the corks are for those that you, you're probably going to hold on to for a few you're gonna years. You're going to age. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you have to keep those at a certain like a certain angle. Flat yeah, angle. there's certain angles, and then like there's all kinds of some wines aren't aged in a barrel at all. Some are aged yeah. in stainless steel tanks. Some are aged in oak barrels, mm -hmm. and everybody's got a different process that puts a different kind of nuance mm -hmm. to it. But that's something I've really got a lot to learn about. Yeah, like what are the I know the basic differences. But what are the real differences? Mm -hmm. Is there? And then I see even people getting into like what type of oak and mm -hmm. the barrel. So, yeah, this Toscano Sangiovese is, I would say, something that we keep in the house on a regular rotation. It is one of our go-to, whether it's guests or family, it's always in stock. Or even a present. Yeah, it's always in stock. I like Sangiovese's a lot. I yeah. love wine from Tuscany. Um, you could probably just put like grape juice in a barrel and tell me it's Tuscan, and I would think it was... You know, the creme de la creme. This one's really, it's smooth. I think it makes it very easy to drink, especially for, for people that aren't the biggest wine drinkers. The best quality is it can be both like a pizza wine and also a standalone wine. Some wines you have really need to be paired with things. And some wines really can't stand on their own. And I feel this one's very versatile. It is. What it's, do you think? I like it. it. It's smooth, but like you just said, it can either be a high-end, nice meal, or I can be on the couch eating some pizza, watching the game, and that's my cup of wine, and I'm good. Yeah, and speaking of fancy wine, uh, for Christmas, we broke open that wine we've been bragging about the on the last... Robles. Yeah, on the last couple podcasts, right? The 1858? Yes. Woo! Was it worth the $32 I spent on it? Yes, it was. Really? Buy it again. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Maybe we should change it to 35 and under wine and good food. That would be like 80% of wine, except for those Bordeaux that you're too f afraid to even hold at total wine in the refrigerator. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think our price point is, is, is there. Because I think this is where most of Americans are and probably heck, most people around the world. But that that was one of the most expensive wines I've had. Uh, to be honest. Great. Except wine. for that $75 Super Tuscan I was too drunk to enjoy in New York. Oh, yeah. Earlier in the year. I was, <laughs> that's another know, story. That's another I think we've story. even talked about it. Yeah. I think we've complained about it. Yeah, it that 1858, did it live up to your expectations? I didn't know what to expect, and then I I sniffed it. I swirled you sniffed it, it? And then I drank it. It is amazing. Is that a technical term? A wine term? Sniffed it. I smelled it. I smelled it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you like you, you swirl the glass. You and do. You well, that's it, that's you know? you're you're helping to aerate the wine. Yeah. You know, let it breathe. One thing that was true about the 1858 was it significantly changed the more you let it breathe. That was something that you have to air out a bit. Yes. And it was a, a dramatic difference in a half an hour, and then in an hour later, it just got better and better. It did. And so now we know how the better half lives. Yes. And I might be willing to commit to one fancy bottle of wine a year at Christmas time. I might I'm good do that with that. For you. I'm good with that. 
That was a, it. Was a good one. Uh, we opened the doors to the neighborhood against our better judgment. Got a couple new newcomers. Yeah, we had two new neighbors come in. <laughs> That's like literally they've only been here a week, and uh, that was dicey. They've made an impression. Yeah. <laughs> or we made an impression. What do you think, Israel? They have a third mat. Third mat. So we have oh, a mat okay. number one, a mat number two, a mat number three. Yeah. How and how would you? They're all into working out. It seems. Yeah. Let's um. Um, so oh, Matt, Matt number, number one, one. <laughs> is, he, he means well in everything he does. Yes. Matt number one could potentially listen to this, so yeah. choose your words carefully. All right. He just, when, um, he's funny as hell when he has a few too many. Yes. But at the same time, very helpful. Like, he'll, he'll be hammered, but doing the dishes for you. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's kind of him in a nutshell. Um, if you need help with anything, he's there. Oh, he's yeah. tr- oh. He organized the stringing up the lights for one of our houses whose yes. dad was deployed, but at the same time shamed everybody. Yeah. And uh, He's funny as hell. Not politically correct, which is fine. I don't yeah, know if there's okay. many of that on our street. There's, I truly enjoy hearing Matt yeah. and Angela go at it when it comes to politics. It's funny as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt, number one, is conservative, and one of our dear neighbors and friends is very liberal. And they think... <laughs> They've been clashing something beautiful since 2016, <laughs> which is an experience I'm sure every American listener can relate to. Yes. And British, because they've got their own version of mm-hmm. Trump over there, Boris, I believe. Yeah, especially uh, now. Matt number two is hilarious. He's, he's more politically incorrect, actually, than Matt number one, but it's more down low. Yes. He's also very quiet, but he's very, he's a smart ass. He's one of the funniest people. And I think he's actually very, very smart. Mm-hmm. So you're you're busy laughing, but I think sometimes you miss actually how smart mm-hmm. he is. One time I went out to eat and I realized he literally pays attention to everything and remembers everything. Yeah. And that's a quality you know, I need. Drink, that's probably what happens. That's quite true. <laughs> Cheers to that. I, I truly enjoyed that. Accurate. <laughs> That's what it is. It's not being smart. It's sobriety. Thank you for clearing that up. Sorry. You're a gift and, to me. Well. And Matt number three is new. Uh, Military, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't Wife know. Wife is Katie, a little baby. Mm-hmm. They were nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, very nice. I think they were nice. only vaguely horrified by our shenanigans. I think Matt was eased into it a little more than more so than the wife, but yeah. I think overall, yeah. I think they're gonna they're gonna fit in well. The biggest problem yeah. Matt number three has is his house is the bus stop. Yes. So there's like 8,000 people <laughs> at his corner on his grass running around, dogs, kids. Let me tell so, you something. So the trees came down, right? And you wonder if they're going to go back up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny because I had this uncle and he was actually my godfather and Fred. Uh, whose given name is Alfredo Forconi for anybody who's interested. I know. Um, is he like mafia? Like uh, his mafia. brothers actually his brothers actually were in the mafia, really? but he was not. He ran our family he he built and ran our family construction La company. La family. Yeah, yeah. The family construction company. Let, let's say that one more time out loud. Family construction What did you guys work in cement? Did we hire ex-cons? Yes. yes. <laughs> but only non-violent offenders or rapists. So who was Robert Nero in the... In the uh, huh? Who was Robert Nero in the whole... In the family there? Like, who was Nero? Who was Pesci? Uh, his brother was Pesci. Okay. I, need, I need to have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> his brother was Pesci, and he was definitely Robert De Niro. My Uncle Fred. Okay. Very dear to me. 
cousin Nicole, cousin Val, all of them, that's their grandfather. He's my great uncle. So um, anyway, he was a funny guy. His family was originally from outside of Rome and Naples, like kind of in between there. And everywhere he went, he found Italy. So eventually when he got a retirement home, he got it in Naples, Florida. <laughs> and then um, when he bought in, in northern D.C., in southern Maryland, there's an old age home called like Leisure World. Mm-hmm. It has like a big globe. Leisure World. Yeah, and he bought a condo there for him and his wife to retire in, oh in Villa Cortese, right? So I feel like I have accidentally found Italy here. If you have five million children conglomerating <laughs> in this neighborhood, which is what we do have. It's like a million children running around. Oh a million, air quotes, right. aunts and uncles. But it's totally that vibe. Right. Totally oh that vibe. And uh, this new Matt and Jenny are going to have to contend with the cruel reality. Matt of, and Katie. Matt oh, and Katie. Matt Katie. What did I say? Matt and Jenny. Oh, shoot. That was... <laughs> Matt number one is married to Jenny. Okay. Yes. So Matt number three and Katie, Katie. are going to have to... Oh, God. And Matt and Jenny have a daughter named Katie. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, my this gosh. is terrible. I know. This it is. is like my family. It is. You have a Maria here. You have a Maria mm-hmm. here. You have a Maria there. It's... A Nick here, a Nick there. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Now we have a Matt, 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 Jenny, 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 Kate. They're going to have to deal with the cruel reality on January 6th of 5 million children just standing on their lawn like they own yeah. it. Or are our new neighbors <laughs> going to appreciate when all of a sudden the fireworks go off? Yes. Oh, God. Like, when Pete does his homemade fireworks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the first time I brought Israel here to meet the neighborhood. I remember. It, yes. He's like, he was really tense. He's like... Pete was doing his homemade fireworks. They shot off at a baby. <laughs> we had to do like a duck and cover on the little ones. I had two babies under my arm. I had good instincts. I think that impressed him. But at the end of the day, he's like, I said, like, so what did you think? And he's like, he's like, I saw nine cold violations. <laughs> I could have, have made, that? he's like, I could have arrested to everybody. To put the blinders on. <laughs> okay. So get back to the party. It's, it's the all most, in good. It's, it's the all most in important good. thing about the party. The only reason we have the party is for one reason and one reason only. What's that? It is the uh, the end of the year rompope, rompope and coquito wars. Coquito. Yeah, how do you feel about the Christmas party? We talked about in the beginning, I think the first year I really stressed about it, but then I realized I have the kind of neighborhood where things just run themselves. You just have to provide the space. This year was tame. It was very tame. We had our traditional eggnog battles. Our neighbors weren't as intoxicated as usual. It was very strange. It was. Well, what would be some tips you would give to people who want to host a holiday party? You know, it's fun to have some type of competition. For us, it was an eggnog battle. And so having different types of eggnogs and different people try made everyone feel part of something. Even if they're introverts, it gives them Correct. something to do. So yeah. everyone had to try it, give their opinion. Another fun thing was we had crap tons of food. Crap ton. Is that also a technical term? It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> um, and so when people are coming in and you have all this food and everyone's out there and they're like, what's this? And what's that? And you kind of have to help them. Like, this is the meatballs by the this group. And this is the... Uh, this is a samosa, you know, and this is, and you're explaining everything. All of a sudden people are talking about what is this and what is that? It adds to a lot that? of excitement. It does. Yeah, and um, That's true. So definitely make it potluck style. Third thing is we made everything accessible. 
You knew where the beer was. You knew where the wine was. You yeah. knew where the alcohol. You knew where the drinks were, the water. You knew where the kids go. As soon as they came in, either you or I greeted them, walked them around the house, showed them where everything was. If they were new, introduced them to a few people and made them feel at home. Yeah. I think that we have it down to uh, a science. So if I was going to say what works for us... We definitely portal, we have teenagers, um, so we definitely differentiate the adult spaces where the alcohol is. We have an island. It's not really easy for anybody young to mistakenly get caught up in that. We separate the eggnog even, the one with the rum. So we have all of the hard liquor and such in one section of the kitchen where there's never a reason for a kid to be. We have, uh, we have several coolers around with beer and ice water. And then we created a space just for the kids where we have folding tables, their own snacks, their own drinks. Um, and lately we've gotten technical and put up a, a video game for them, you know, TV console um, and their own board games and things like that. I make a playlist ahead of time, so it's always just on rotation. And then for the food, always, always, always as a bare minimum, even if you're doing a potluck, you still want to make sure that you're putting out different kinds of peanuts, several trays of cheese and crackers and charcuterie, several situations where there's chips and salsa because that's a cardinal sin in the United States if you don't have that. Um, and then I would usually make one hot dish or a couple pizzas for kids, cut them up into small pieces so it's more finger food. And that maybe would only put me out 50 bucks. And then we usually started around 6 p.m., but when we hit around the 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., people have been singing, dancing, and having a good time. We often will section off a part of the dining room and maybe put out some poker or some games to keep the fun going. Another thing that works for us is, regardless of which table it is, we always have snacks, tapas, appetizers, whatever you want to call it, at those tables. Every table has something to munch on, yeah. So, when people will go purposely to a table because that one has the nuts or the chicoteria or the uh, olives, whatever it might be, they'll go there to get that and they'll sit and they'll talk to whoever is there. It forces you to talk to a new set of people. Yes. Now for our food, food, I have that down to a science too. In another section of my house, I take two long tables with a tablecloth. One table is just strictly desserts. One is all of the hot foods, but there's always different plates of munchies all throughout the house yeah. to start different conversations. And that's exactly right. We don't make it exactly the same because it forces you to kind of get up and mingle around. And we always have some new people there and it can be a bit awkward. You always want to make sure you have a banging, absolutely immaculate, festivist playlist. Oh, yeah. A lot of song. First, song first hour, maybe holiday... And, you know, some pop music that people like just to get them warmed up and relaxed. But by hour two, there are straight on sing-along, power ballad kind of songs. So it could be anything from Journey's Don't Stop Believing, which I personally hate, but my neighbors love, to sing loudly to, or Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot, because everybody knows those lyrics, whether they want to admit it or not. And so the idea, I always like people singing and dancing maybe every five to ten songs is a salsa merengue song just to get people to, you know, dance a little bit and loosen yeah. up. So I guess we're a combination of rock, rap, a little bit of salsa, and that would be that would be the playlist formula. You know what's a fun one to always put on? What? Harry Belafonte, Jump in the Line. 
Because yeah, I don't care who you are. You love that song. All of a sudden, that comes on, and there's a Congo line going. Yeah, you have no, but kitchen. you can't do that in hour one. That's hour two no. or hour three. Yes. Yes, but you have no soul if you don't respond to that song. Yes, I agree, and that's always a part. It happens every single time. Yeah. So our great eggnog battle, Rompope versus Coquito. Yes. We finally won. Rompope won for the first time in three years. Yeah, and um, I personally prefer the coquito because there's no eggs in it, so I can actually drink it. But who made the rompope? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I channeled your grandmother and said, what would Rafaela do? And I put a ton of orange in it. So um, I'm going to be putting up the, I think I'm going to put up the recipe on the website, Cheap Wine, Good Food. Nice. I'm going to put it up there so people can see what I did. Um, it's not difficult. It's an assembly but there is a part where you have to stir some milk on the stove so you, you know, you can't go multitask when you have that going on. You'll burn the milk. But that's yeah. probably the only difficulty. Um, but it calls for a lot of orange. So if you compare it with other stuff on the internet, there'll be like one peel of orange. I'm like five or six. You know, one cinnamon stick. Ah, five! You know, just throw it in there. It's all about the flavor. And then just um, make it 24 hours in advance, if possible. I mean, you can always do things last minute. Who am I to judge? But if possible, the longer you let it steep in, the more it infuses, I think, and the richer richer the drink. Dude, we got to talk about what we got for Christmas. Oh, you mean the thing that's been uh, the thing consuming that our life the past couple of days? <laughs> the thing that everybody else has owned for two years, but we were too cheap to buy for ourselves. Here, yes. let's, let's toast to that. Salute to Salute. cheapness. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about us finally getting on the bandwagon and buying or receiving yeah. an air fryer. My mother gave us an air fryer because I'm quite certain she knew we were too cheap to ever buy one. Well, last year she was going to buy an air fryer and we told her no. And then That's because we thought it was fried food. We, and were, then we were a little slow. A few slow. months before that, she was We were like, a little slow, people. Sorry. Yeah. So I think she's tried to give us an air fryer two or three different times, and we've always said no. No, it's a stupid idea. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I feel differently. I have been every, let's see, the first night we had it, Marion, our beloved Marion, makes homemade gumbo every Christmas, a giant pot. It takes her several days to make it. She's from Louisiana. It is, it's legit. So every Christmas morning, we walk over with our little Tupperware, and she just fills up enough gumbo for us to have a meal or two. So that night, we got some crusty crostini French bread rolls. Oh, yeah. We heated up her gumbo. We broke the Palencia rule. We ate on the couch in front of the television because yes. there were no children around. Yes. We dunked that French bread in the gumbo, and then we put some chicken wings in the air fryer and then doused them in a honey sriracha sauce. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, we've been eating it every night for like three days since. True story. But it's healthy. Not sick of them yet. I'm going yeah. to hit a chicken wing limit. There's other recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's so stupid easy. If yes. you don't have an air fryer and you really like that texture, that crunchy texture, wow, it, it really does the trick um, without any added fat. And, and no way are we endorsed by the air fryer company, but should they want to, we'll gladly take it. Supposedly you can do like short ribs in there, fries, you can do all kinds of things. I think even like a cake, I'm like, you're pushing an air fryer. I'm, That's like microwaving a brownie. It's a bad idea. I don't know much about air fryers, but I'm going to go out and endorse 
um, our particular brand, which is Augusta. Cosori? No, Cosori. Cosori. My, my mom probably paid you because she's like, what a nice Italian company. Should be reputable. So, Cosori, uh-huh. um, you have the Palencia seal of approval. I need a little clicker saying, right about now. Because oh my god, it's it's so nice. We you have to get the big version and not the small because yes. Marion said she has a small and it's a pain to you have to go through several ways of cooking because it doesn't hold a lot. So I would say even the large that we have is probably intended for three or four people. Yeah, certainly not the size of our brood. No, no. An extended family and friends. We still have to go through a couple of cycles, but dude, the chicken wings were easy. Yeah. All I did was I clean them because you know I washed my meat a little bit. I put a tiny bit of olive oil and rubbed it on. I couldn't resist, just for a tiny bit of flavor, but no dousing. Salt, pepper, two other spices, and that's it. Spice number three, adobo, garlic seasoning, right? And then my fourth one was a chili lime from Trader Joe's. It's like $1.99, and that was like the dry rub we put on it, and then we just we just got a pre-made honey sriracha sauce. It was, it's been a dream. It has. Um, I think that might be what we eat for dinner tonight. And you know what else we found out? What? Wine. The San Giovese wine goes really well with chicken wings. It goes really well. (laughs) (laughs) Not just pizza. No, it doesn't. Mm -mm. Well, it's been nice because we haven't been able to leave the couch because we're, we're having a staycation this year. We are. And um, staycation is new for me. I think a staycation is a fancy way of saying we're broke and we can't go anywhere fun. So we're just going to try to make the best of it. Okay. So what do you think of our staycation so far? I've enjoyed it because we've seen a couple of good movies. We've seen a couple of good TV shows. Yeah. I've actually been getting some sleep. I think I've needed it. Yeah. And been just doing things around the house. It's actually something that's been needed. I agree. If somebody said, what's your staycation look like? It's like this. Sleep, read, eat your fried chicken wings, watch TV, go to sleep. Just one more thing. What? Play backgammon. Oh yeah, we have been playing backgammon incessantly. And what's your score? You know, it's not about winning or losing. Ah. Uh, it's about the camaraderie and the friendship and the uh, the competition. So, if you had to assign a numerical value to camaraderie and friendship, what would it be? I'd be equal. Really? Because I feel and friendship like, are like is a I feel like it's with... fifteen two. Three. Oh, 15, 3. No, there's no 4. Yes. And who's the 3? Who's the 3? Yeah. The 3? Yeah. Or the 15? 3. 3? Yeah. Me. Oh. Good thing it's about the camaraderie and the friendship, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I think the, the TV catching up has been really important because we've been on opposite schedules. Yeah. Um, and so I got to watch a show, Fleabag, everybody been telling me about. I just skipped the first season and went to the second. Man, I enjoyed it. And you finally got to see it. Yes. That was really good. So I totally recommend that I one. I was expecting to watch one episode. And next thing you know, we've finished six episodes. Yeah. Once the hot priest steps in, you're like, this guy's interesting. And then you're like, hey, that's Moriarty from Sherlock. Yeah. And you start to realize like everybody in the cast is, is just perfect. Yes. It's a really good one. And it's one of the, it's the British length of shows sometimes. So it's just a 22 minute. And the whole season, six episodes, so legitimately, you could watch the whole season in two hours. It's easy to binge. We finished Good Omens. Yeah. Wow. I was really behind on that one, too, especially having read the book. Yeah. I can't get over I loved this. I loved the show so much. So if you haven't watched Good Omens, you really should. 
sequel. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Didn't read the book. Well, as a fan of a book, it really did it justice. And um, I loved Dave Tennant in it, and I loved, um, I can never remember the name of the guy who played our Stefani or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, but the other TV viewing we've had to do is every year we have a battle in this household. It started with our good friends Fred and Julie, and it is a battle for Oscar picks. Yes. And when we first did this contest, Fred, Julie, and I had never even watched the movies. We would just print up a list and randomly circle things based on the titles. And regardless, Fred would win no matter what. Because Julie and I, I guess, are terrible at randomly picking titles. But when Israel got in on this, he started doing research. He's so, so competitive. He literally took the joy out of it. Because we were all sitting around, and he didn't get the memo that you're not actually supposed to study. And every single time he won, he would like punch the air and be like, yes, I knew it. And then he would sit there and try to explain why he was superior to us. And it was miserable. And Fred and Julie haven't been here in like two years. And you wonder why. Because <laughs> they got sick of it. All I did was The best watch part the is, and this is what's worse. And I think he took the cue from the trophy. We made the trophy years ago. It's a fake Oscar statue. And the plaque says, in your face. So it's like, in your face. In your face trophy, but you like took it literally and were in our faces <laughs> insufferably for like four and a half hours. Well, year one, I won, but you guys disqualified me. Year two. No, we invited you to participate to see how the process went, but you weren't actually part of the voting. I, I got the vote. Year two. I need more wine for this discussion. Oh. Year two, I won. I what think for whatever reason, you guys didn't let me win that year. Year three, I officially got the play, and I won. It's so full of it. And year four, I think year four, I didn't win. And year five, I did win. But anyway, it's now evolved into a few years ago, once we discovered the joys of a fire stick, watching movies well in advance, so we're actually watching the movies that are nominated for Best Picture and Best Actors and such. And so we've been really, really impressed with some movies in the past. I remember when we saw Midnight, that, that was nothing what I was expecting, and it it just blew my mind. Roma last year. Roma last year, wow. If you haven't seen that, that is, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so we caught up on one movie we never saw last year, Cold War. Yes. Which has some of the most beautiful cinematography, I think. I mean, I didn't think this would be the point I'd talk about in a movie. But some of the most beautiful cinematography. It's black and white. It's gorgeous. Yes. And it's about star-crossed lovers in Poland during the Cold Cold War, War. you know. Um, But really well done. I love that movie. It's a great movie. We watched The Two Popes. Yes. Wow. That's right on Netflix right now. It is. And prior to that, The Irishman. That's mm-hmm. another. Both of those are best picture noms in the drama. Yeah. Along with. Uh, Little did I know when I was watching it, you know, that uh, we had so many connections to the Joe Pesci oh, character. Yes. <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. The more you know. The more you know. Yeah. So there's three more movies. The Joker, which haven't seen i have no interest because hasn't there been like five jokers in the past Not this is like the marvelization of the movies well how many jokers do we need how many incredible hulks do we need how many marvel movies do we need it's a superhero there's loud crashes and bangs sarcastic jokes and then things work out in the end there hasn't been a joker movie yeah the joaquin phoenix one two years ago no that's now no it's a new guy playing the no joker. it's joaquin phoenix well, who was the last one? There hasn't. This is the first. Oh, Heath Ledger. 
he was a character in a Batman movie. No, he did his own standalone Joker. No, no. And that was Heath Ledger. No, he was a character in a and Batman movie. And then before movie. that, it was Jim Carrey. No, that was the Riddler in a Batman so movie. So who was the Joker before? Oh, Jack Nicholson. In a Batman movie. It doesn't matter to me. It's all the same. There What's hasn't the been, difference? There hasn't been a standalone Joker movie. Did we need one? Evidently so. It's a sociopath who's really bad at makeup. <laughs> so, <laughs> what else needs to be said? So this is a standalone Look, Joker this movie? this is Mar Marvelization is taking over my podcast. <laughs> it's a standalone Joker movie. That's great. Martin Scorsese condemns it, so I'm good. Let's see. The other movie would be The Good Marriage, I think, or The Mar Marriage Story. The Great Marriage? The, yeah, Netflix also. The marriage Story. I can't. I, I know I need to watch it because it has a bunch of noms. Yes. But I can't get past Adam Driver. Why don't you like about him? This is really rude because I don't know him personally. Uh -huh. And he never will listen to this. But I don't want to be cruel. Okay. But his voice is goofy. Okay. It, it, it's, like, it's like being forced to watch uh, a World War II historical period piece for me with Scooby-Doo. His acting is very stale to me. I will stand up for the Gestapo. I couldn't do it. Do you know he was a Marine? It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. This isn't about his personal integrity. It's not about that. It's about the fact that when I see him on the screen, all I see is Adam Driver, so I can't get lost in the movie. I'm like, wow, there's that guy with the goofy face and the goofy voice. I, I was forced to sit through Star Wars, and 10 minutes of him was like nails on a chalkboard to me. So whatever's <laughs> happening, I can't... There's certain actors that are just like that. You don't have that problem? Some actors, yeah. I can't watch Tom Cruise. It's always Tom Cruise. And I see him jumping on the couch, like, till the end of time. <laughs> Any actors like that for you? Madonna, when she oh, yeah. acted. It was tough to watch her in Evita. Yeah. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is the most famous example. Like, when people are like, did you see that Tom Cruise film? I'm like, I'm good. Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, him. He's one for you. You're like, it's always him. And he's always doing weird mumbly things. And I can't understand him. And it bothers me. <laughs> like, usual suspects. I like the movie, but then But you needed subtitles for him. Blah, 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 blah. What yeah. the? Yeah. yeah. And he speaks English. Like, this isn't the issue. Yeah. It's not, oh, he's foreign and he can't. No, he's, yeah. he's here. It's always bothered me. Yeah, but he doesn't enunciate really well. That's how I feel about Adam Driver's voice. So it could be like the most amazing movie in the world. Yeah. Oh, but you know a good series to recommend? The Spy. Yes. Wow. Speaking of getting lost in a role, that's Sasha Baron Cohen, but trust me, within 20 minutes, you forget. Yes. He completely immerses himself in that role. That's Sa really well done. Sasha Baron Cohen's an actor that, for the most part, didn't like watching. Um, really? You yeah. didn't like his comedy? No. And You didn't like Borat? Borat was okay. Oh, until the end. <laughs> you know, Ricky most most straight men I talked to are like, I was good until like the last twenty minutes. <laughs> the, um, the Ricky Bobby movie, you know. Oh, he was hilarious in that. Okay, but it was, this was the first time where I saw him act, and I'm like, oh, he's good. Well, I think some comedic actors have to be talented actors first. Yeah. And he does a kind of persona thing, so if you do personas, you must be a good actor. Yeah. 
And I think like Jim Carrey is very underrated as a dramatic actor. I think he's a really good actor. I liked him in The Majestic and Truman Show. I no, on Man on the Moon, he was good. Yeah. But yeah, I think like all this TV watching is probably a natural response to all of the holiday activity. It's kind of hibernation time. Oh yeah, it's uh... the sun sets at five thirty. I'm now tired by six, like an old person. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it reminds me of that, uh, it's like the Costa Rican pattern where, you know, we are in bed at sundown and up at sunup. Yeah. And it just becomes routine and, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night comes around you're like, I'm tired, it's time to go to bed. And then six o'clock in the morning, boom, you're up and you're like, let's get going. I think it's true. I think if you take the work schedule away, most of us start to fall into the rhythm of nature, right? You know, so like if you're on vacation down there, it makes sense to to do that and then here in this kind of lull time this gap time we have although christmas is not over for me uh no we don't end christmas till january the 6th oh why is that why is that <laughs> you don't know you're not married to me you don't live with me um, oh, what's it called what are we waiting for <laughs> epiphany or you know the king's day the king's day and yeah, what yeah. is the king's day they they do like the three kings is more important than Christmas Eve. Yeah. But I think with the commercialization of the world or the Americanization of the world, now their kids are probably smart in hitting both holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So we're Christmas Eve is really big for my family. It's big dinner. Christmas Day is really more just of a quick afterthought. Yeah. Um, and we also do the Kings or Epiphany because you get your boys back from visiting their mom and that's when we do a whole nother round of holiday and all yeah. that. Other feasting, so pretty much the party doesn't stop from December 14th through January 6th for us. In all actuality, the party doesn't stop from December all the way, actually November, all (laughs) the way through until mid-May Yeah. or DC Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then a few weeks later, it is your birthday. Yes. Then a few weeks after that, it's Christmas. Yeah. Then a few weeks after that, it's my birthday. Then we have our first true break, and it's over. I think everybody is on a rhythm more or less like this. That's all back to back to back to back. But, you know, we don't want to sound ungrateful. No. You know, we're blessed to have people that actually want to show up to our Christmas party or our Festivus. Yeah. We're really fortunate that our family wants to spend time with us on Christmas Eve. That's what I keep telling myself anyway when I get annoyed (laughs) (laughs) by certain behaviors. Oh, you people out there know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, all this rich food, it's a lot of good food. And now yeah. I'm, I'm ready for more simpler times, simpler fare. Yes. We just got to get through New Year's. Yes. New Year's. One more holiday. And then one more feast. And that's it. And then we're not going to do anything January. It's going to be cheap wine, Spartan food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But regardless, we hope wherever you are that you had a wonderful holiday, and we thank you so much for listening to us. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, or whatever it is you celebrate. Happy holiday, and wish you all a happy new year. Yes, and great wine drinking wherever you are. Yes. Take care.